Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. You know, God God has given us a longing for, for, for perfection. He, he's, he's made us spiritual beings, and we have eternal value, a longing for perfection, a longing for achievement. And sometimes, you know, when we don't fill our life with God, we try to fill it up other ways. And, and I think this is... This is part of the problem with uh, with, with achieving uh, in sports or business, whatever it is. You know, you, you, you always want more. And now here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 51st episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corston. Alongside my co-host, Bjorn Webb, we are so honored and so pumped to have you today for our episode with Sean Maves. I'm flying solo today for our episode with Sean, but if you're not familiar with Sean, he's a former Mr. Ontario heavyweight bodybuilding champion from Toronto, Canada. He's got a great accent. Really excited for that, but he occasionally appears as a guest and co-host on Canada's Yes TV call-in program called At The Cross live. Sean has also been a guest a few times on one of our former guests, Robbie Ra, on her radio program called The Raw Truth on WDCX 99.5 FM from Buffalo to Toronto. And that station also goes throughout other parts of Canada as well. It's incredible. Sean's story has also appeared on the Faith and Fitness Magazine cover issue and the October and November 2017 issue. And now he currently resides in Toronto, Canada as an urban designer at Weston Consulting. Guys, you are in for a treat with Sean Maves. He has an incredible story. He talks about how God has redeemed his life and why he walked out of the bodybuilding world. Powerful, powerful interview. I highly recommend getting pen and paper out for this episode and jotting some notes down from what he has to say. It's incredible. And if you're new to our podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you decided to join and listen in to this interview today. Our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. And we like to say here at The Sweat Room, everybody has a story. It's just a little bit different platform. We love featuring high school athletes to professional athletes. You see, everybody has a story. You, the listener, you have a story. You matter. You bring something to the table each and every single day, and we're so pumped for today's episode. And I highly recommend to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And if you really enjoyed today's interview, and it's going to be a powerful one, guys, share it with a friend and pass it along. And go check us out on social as well at Watermark Sports on Facebook and Instagram, and on Twitter to a little bit different. It's at Sweat Room Pod. And we have a blog as well. It's at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. So if you missed out on jotting some notes down or a thought down, you can check that out at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. So without further ado, here is our episode with Sean Maves. Well, we want to welcome to the Sweat Room, Sean Maves. Sean, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, great to be on the show. Great to be on the podcast, Noah, and looking forward to some good, good talk about uh, faith and fitness topics. Yeah, I, I, I'm really excited for this conversation today. I know your name came up uh, when I was talking with Carrie Spring and Robbie Raw, some familiar faces and friends that you know of. Yeah, two great gals. I know they're running a podcast, and Robbie's been running her show on DCX for a number of years. It's a great bunch of girls. 
Yeah. So yeah, well, Sean, thanks again for joining me today. So something about you is you live in Toronto, Canada currently. What has that been like living in Canada during this pandemic? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's affected everybody, especially up here in the Toronto area. The lockdowns have been going on off and on for a year. Toronto's been hit a little bit more than other parts of the province and the country with lockdowns. You know, my heart goes out to anybody who lost anyone uh, from the virus or who's affected. You know, uh, businesses have been affected from the lockdown policy. But, you know, we're 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 getting by. You know, I think there's uh, better days ahead. Mm, absolutely. And have you seen any difference between just maybe the cult, the culture of Canada and even America? Is there, is there a big difference between how they're handling things down there? Uh, I think the difference that I've noticed is some states, especially in the south, like Florida, they've they've uh, left some of their um, you know their policies are more open. Whereas Canada, pretty much across the board, we've locked down. We have, we have different zones in Ontario, so the big cities get locked down more than others. Um, but I think our policies overall have been a little more restricted. We're, our policies in Canada, Ontario, and Quebec are more like New York and California. Very strict, very strict policies and lockdowns. One of the things that we know about you going in, uh, just our listeners know, and just hearing a little of your background, is you were a bodybuilder. And so I'd love to know, how did you become a heavyweight champion in bodybuilding and how'd you get into bodybuilding yeah that's a good question uh, i've been asked that question number a few times anyways you know it's no surprise what i'm gonna say most guys who get into bodybuilding get into it because what they see in the magazines if you grew up in the 80s 90s and you were influenced by that era even the early 2000s it was all about magazines now today for the last 10 years, we see uh, bodybuilding getting more popular on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. So mm-hmm. guys get inspired, uh, you know, what they see. Guys get into the sport. And uh, it was no different for me. Late 80s, the guy, top guys in the sport were Lee Haney, Tom Platts, uh, Sean Ray. I was also uh, inspired by some of the guys in the WWF. I don't know if you uh, follow yeah. wrestling at all, uh, Noah, but yeah. back in the late 80s, early 90s, Jim Helwig, Ultimate Warrior, he was top guy with Hulk Hogan. Those guys oh, yeah. kind of inspired Lux me. You know, Lux Luger, he's from Buffalo. Yeah, guy. he is. Great testimony. Um, so, you know, that's where it started for me, just being inspired, what you see, other guys training hard, getting big. And, and uh, you know, you just want a piece, you just want a piece of the piece of the sport. And, you know, that's how it started for me. Hmm, that's awesome. So take us through the day in the life of when you were in bodybuilding. What, what is, what did it, take to be a bodybuilder back then and maybe what is it even i will talk about what bodybuilding is now but do you see a difference in bodybuilding even today of what it takes to be a bodybuilder yeah i think um like the the, the sport has definitely changed through the years i mean mm. you got to go back to the 40s 50s to really say it was a it was originally a more modest display of strength health of health and fitness than what we see today we've seen the guys getting bigger and bigger top guys mm. Um, and pro bodybuilding are now 50, 60 pounds heavier than even back when I was uh, training at my peak in the late 80s, early 90s. So the change, the guys are getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's evolution, but some guys think it is. And uh, when I was training, taught my best years, I was going to the gym five, six times a week, six meals a day. Wow. Um, protein, uh, protein powder, high protein diet. Um, you know, what were some of the things you ate? 
Yeah, just uh, five to six meals a day. A uh, typical meal would be chicken breast with some rice or bowl mm. pasta, protein sure. shakes between meals. You know, like 70% of bodybuilding, I always tell people, they're surprised when I say this, is, is diet. Mm. I mean, you got to get a high-protein diet. If you're, a, if you're training natural, you know, it's all about, uh, you know, I, I call it the five M's. First of all, mind-muscle connection, moderate set counts. Guys can train too, too much, too little. Mm. Maximum intensity, high-protein diet. And, you know, you have to be, you have to be very focused. Um, you have to uh, train in a gym and maybe be around other guys who are going to push you hard. Yeah. Did and, you have um, a favorite exercise that you did? No, I tried to do everything. I tried to, you know, train uh, pretty balanced uh, uh, workout routine. That's, that's part of the, you know, part of my formula. Everybody will have a different routine, but um, you know, the, the, how you, how you separate the muscle groups are important. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, a lot of guys go in the gym, think they're going to, they should train arms every two, three days. That's a mistake. You're going to burn out. You're going to have a lopsided physique. If you want to get go into physique contests, you know, it's all about symmetry, developing all the different, different muscle groups. And, you know, at the end of the day, putting it all together on stage. Yeah. And, and this is off script a little bit too, but th- something that I want to follow up with you on with that is maybe our, our listeners aren't completely familiar with the bodybuilding world and what it takes to become a bodybuilder. What is, what is being at a show like for a bodybuilder and how would you describe some of these shows? Like, what are they, what does it take to be at these shows? Yeah. Well, it's all about peaking for the day of the show. Um, guys who get into the sport, um, they may have trained a number of years and they've, they built up some, uh, some muscle mass. And then they're at the point where they want to go on stage and, uh, see if they can, you know, win top spot, you know, guys can, guys can be captivated uh, by what they see. And the, the, the problem is that you know, all these, all these guys want to make their mark on the world. And a lot of times in this sport, especially, um, what happens is the world makes its mark on them, you know, because of the drugs, I mean, the, wow. the, the amount of drugs the guys use, and especially you go up to higher, higher ranks, you know, is, is a huge problem. So, um, uh, but in, in terms of the, the actual, um, contest day, you're peaking, you're, you're dieting down, you're, you're gaining muscle in, in the off season and five, six, seven weeks beforehand of the show, you're, you're dieting down, you're losing your body fat. And then the last week you're going on a high potassium, low sodium diet and you're peaking just for that day. And, you know, and, and you come, you, you know, you get on stage and uh, you come up with a posing routine. They do the compulsory comparisons and hand somebody a trophy and everybody goes home. Wow. So for you, when did you enter the sport of bodybuilding? How old are you? Yeah. Um, my, my bodybuilding days were very short, 80, 1989, 90. I, I competed in four shows. Mm. Top, my top show was, I uh, won the, was heavyweight champion up here in Ontario. Ontario's a province, about 14 and a half million. Yeah. And, uh, that qualified me to go to the, the nationals. But, you know, but part of my story, you know, is I, you know, I was living, I was living life outside of God. I was born again, Christian. I accepted Christ actually when I was 13 at a Bible camp, actually in upstate New York, but four mm. hours North of New York city. Just off I eighty seven, Screwing Lake, New York, when I Jack Wurtzen's camps, thirteen years old. But you know, no, I fell away from the Lord and uh, just was was just uh, concentrating on my ambitions. Bodybuilding was a big part of my life from eighteen to twenty four years old, and uh, you know, I just got into that sport head first, 
And uh, I got out of it quick too. Like I was in quick and out quick. Mm-hmm. Nineteen. I still remember nineteen ninety. After my last show, a couple of weeks, uh, a few months after last show, I was in a hospital. One of the one of the drugs I was using. I was using steroids off and on for two and a half years. Wow. I probably wasn't using as much, uh, near as much as the pros were, but I was still using. I was still a user. Sad to say, and uh, one of the drugs I was using actually put me in a hospital. And I just remember the emptiness of my life. Mm. And uh, you know, no, I want to say this. Uh, Bob Paris is actually one of the top guys. Mid mid eighties, mid eighties, late nineties, he was a top ten contender. And he got out of the sport too. And one thing, one of the things he said in a magazine was he found the chemical preparation pre-contest chemical preparation dehumanizing. And that's when I read that. That that really, um, I really identify with that. That part of the sport, I didn't like at all. I didn't like the the, the steroid use. I felt I had to take a bit of it to, uh, you know, get over top and reach some of my goals. But, uh, you know, that's, I think that's the problem with not only bodybuilding, but all the pro sports. We can get into that topic later if we got some yeah. time. No, absolutely. And yeah, I, I just wanted to ask, like when you entered, you, you entered the sport at 18, you walk away at 24 years old. You, you kind of see the ugly side of what bodybuilding is. So a follow-up question I want to ask with that is, you know, you saw a lot of people in that world, they were juicing, they were using steroids. How, how common was steroid, steroid use back then and other performance enhancing drugs performance enhancing drugs and even from that what do you see from back then to even today yeah there's no question there's been an acceleration of drug use in 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 sports in general bodybuilding no different we know the the numbers are coming out anywhere between uh, three to four million americans have used anabolics high school we know there's a problem uh range the estimate ranges between three to seven percent of high school uh athletes have uh, sorry, high school athlete or high school students, rather, wow. right across the board, have taken it. Depending on what survey you read, so the the, the amount of the drugs and sports has accelerated. I think since the eighties, nineties, which um, j- just to be clear, I I actually only uh, I started uh, weight training at eighteen, but only when I was twenty three and twenty four. Those those are the contest years. So it was very short, kind of brief. Um, time doing doing the actual um, yes. shows. Sure. Um, mo- most of the other time was just you know gaining size and strength and um, yeah, building the map. Um, yeah. So, but, but answer your question. You know that that's that's kind of what's happening today. I'll give you an example. Uh, I was on a reputable website, um, and a top pro bodybuilder who wants to remain anonymous. He says that he's using twenty thousand US in a sixteen week cycle. I mean, those are the kind of numbers. We're looking at top top guys are using. Um, a lot of guys are being very open on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube on what they're doing. And describe um, that cycle. What does that mean? Okay, a cycle. What I'm trying to say is um, a, a cycle is just a term that, that, that athletes will use when they start using a series of uh, drugs to, to peak for a contest. So unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, some of these athletes will use a certain amount of drugs in the off season, and then they'll use a certain, a different kind of drugs during the, the, the contest uh, preparation. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's a sad reality, but not everybody's used it. I know there's some natural shows. I always want to be sensitive because I always get emails and text messages <laughs> from the, some of the natural guys. So sure. I'm not forgetting about you guys. I know you're out there, but, <laughs> but unfortunately 
you know, the, the guys that the, the, get all the attention on uh, on social media, those are the top pros, and and that's that's what they're doing. I mean, I, I was I wasn't pro, but I I, I you know I, I was in that world, so I, I'm very familiar with what happens. Yeah, you lived and breathed it. So, what are some of the yeah. side effects that you have seen and even researched uh, just from all the drug use? Yeah, there's no question. There's there's a growing list of side effects. First of all. In general, the long, the more steroids you take, the longer you take it, the more chance you will um, experience side effects. Guys are guys who um, use the drugs for many, many years are experiencing um, heart conditions. You know, there's there's a growing list of dead pro bodybuilders who have died prematurely mm-hmm. uh, in their 40s and 50s. Uh, uh, Greg Kovacs, 44 years old, top Canadian pro bodybuilder died, uh, 2013. My heart goes out to the friends, family, and fans. Mm. Um, Mike Manarazzo, 49. He was top 10 guy in the early two thousands. And, uh, Mike's story is well known. And he, he openly admitted that he thought his health, uh, issues stem from steroid use. Uh, mm. uh, Nasser El Sunbadi, he was a top guy in the late nineties. A lot of people thought he should have won the 97 Olympia. From Dorian, he passed away in his late his mid forties also, wow. and uh, he was actually waiting for a heart transplant. Oh. Um, Dallas McCarver, twenty six, passed away. Top ten pro bodybuilder. He just passed away a few years ago. So I mean, the list. Not everybody's dying, but there is. You you, you run the chance. I mean, if you make this a habit of being a pro bodybuilder and you and you, um, you know you use these drugs for many years, you run the risk. The, the heart, kidney, liver damage um, if your guys are now twinning gh and insulin and that's causing growth of their organs uh, dallas when they did the uh, autopsy his organs were two or three times you know normal size so i mean you know at what point do we stop i guess that's one of the messages i i try to speak about on u.s canadian tv and radio stations social media and podcasts like this one yeah absolutely and I love how you, you bring us into that world a little bit. And I think that's some of the things that, you know, I'm sure some of us at home listening to this or listening to their car, wherever you're listening from, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people are like, Oh, that's what I think of, of when I think of bodybuilding and sure there's natural ways of doing it. And some, some people are doing it naturally, but some aren't. And so a follow-up question I want to ask from that is, knowing the risks with the drug use, with the steroids and so much that, that you just described, why do athletes and other bodybuilders still do drugs? Yeah, that's a good question. This is not only bodybuilding. There was a, there was a survey actually called, it was called the Goldman survey, 1984. And uh, this gentleman had a survey and he asked some top world-class athletes if they were given a drug and they knew this drug would take them to the top of their sport where they take it, knowing that it would kill them within five years. Over mm-hmm. 50% of the, uh, these are these are real athletes answered yes. So, I mean, that's the mindset of of top level athletes today. I mean, not not everybody does it, I know that. But, uh, yeah. you know, certain athletes are, are wired that way to do whatever it takes to win. So I think that's, you know, a bit of the, the answer in a nutshell. People, you know, guys can be captivated by what they see. There's a longing inside all of us to achieve. You know, and these are, this is one of the things I talk about at Faith and Fitness Magazine. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Online magazine I write for and on Facebook. You know, God, God has given us a longing for, for, for perfection. He, he's, he's made us spiritual beings and we have eternal value, a longing for 
perfection, a longing for achievement. And, and sometimes, you know, when we don't fill our life with God, we try to fill it up other ways. And, and I think this is this is part of the problem with uh, with, with achieving uh, in sports or business, whatever it is. You know, you you always want more. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Eight time uh, Mr. Olympia champion uh, Ronnie Coleman one time was asked uh, in an, uh, an interview by the Australian Ironman magazine, he asked him a question, and he said he was never totally satisfied the way he looked. This is eight time Mr. Olympia champion. And you wouldn't expect someone like that to answer, but you know, there, there's no, you, you can't satisfy, you'll, you'll never be satisfied with things on this earth. You know, this is one of the things. I try to point out to people. I mean, why would you want to take the chance? A lot of guys don't even go into contests uh, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, get into bodybuilding and then they end up making a habit using the drugs off and on. Why would you want to take the chance of having health risks just, you know, to be an Instagram star? You know, that's yeah. one of the questions I ask people. Wow. No, that's so good. I, a great quote I heard recently is, um, I think right now our culture is chasing over prominence over significance. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great fame. quote chasing the fame and chasing things of this world where it's not worth it. And, you know, I, it, it's so sad that this is the world we're in and from sports to anything else in life. So many people are chasing after things that are not long lasting. And that's where, you know, we're a sports and faith podcast. We fully believe that Jesus Christ is the answer, not saying this is the, the cheesy cliche, put, put it on a bumper sticker, but that's what we fully believe. Um, you tease this a little bit. And again, this is off script. So don't kill me, Sean. So I'm sorry, but is there any other sports that you have seen in your research and your time of writing and looking at this? Is there any other sports that you think are using performance enhancing drugs, steroids, that is a problem and that is not always talked about other than like sports that come to mind for me is baseball. Yeah. I know. No, we didn't, we know there was a problem in the nineties uh, with baseball. Uh, Brady Quinn, former uh, uh, NFL quarterback on a CBS podcast once said, he thinks that uh, the NFL has a problem. He, he, his estimate is between 40 to 50% wow. of NFL players are taking HGH. Uh, George Carl, former NBA coach, coached 2000 games, came out with a book. He claims that the NBA has a steroid problem, a drug problem, and, he, it's, and he's not talking about so-called recreational drugs. So um, mm-hmm. there, there's two examples of some, some big-name people who have uh, gone out, and, and uh, that's not me saying that. That's the, the, those, are, those are guys quoting those two sports. Lance Armstrong, we know what happened there. Right. Um, and on and on bodybuilding. It's very obvious. Uh, baseball, think, we know. How do you think they're getting away with it? Like it, I, that's something I've always wondered. And I'd love to ask that and put you on the spot with that. How do you think they're getting away with this? Yeah. You know what? You, you have to start asking some of these NFL players you have on your, your, your show. I mean, <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know how the testing works. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's big money. What can I say? I, I, I'm not the guy to really, I can talk more about bodybuilding because I know it'll, it'll be yeah. better, but I, I just be speculating why, I mean, why is there not, not uh, drug testing and bodybuilding? First of all, like, because there's money involved because the guys, the guys are doing it. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, it, it sells, it sells. Would a natural bodybuilding contest sell? I don't know. I mean, that, that's why the whole sport is flawed to me from the beginning. That's why I always go back. One of my favorite athletes is Steve Reeves, late, late 40s, early 50s. I'm pretty sure he was, he was natural. 
Uh, and he has a timeless physique, you know. How would you timeless. how would you describe his physique? I'm not sure who that is. Like, how would you? Yeah, I, that to I, I encourage you to Google him. Mean, he used to be in movies, Hercules movies. I mean, he, he was before my day also, but I, I sure. still remember him uh, and having pictures of Steve Reeves. Uh, a lot of bodybuilders know who I'm talking about. Um, he, he just has a classic physique, well proportioned. Uh, he doesn't have 20 inch biceps, but, but thin waist. Everything's a proportion. You know, he just looks like a. I don't know. Like Hercules. <laughs> a Roman, yeah, like a, a Roman soldier, like just a Greek god or something. I don't know. Anyways, you know, that, that that's another thing. You know, there's so much idolatry. I want to I touch on that later, but uh, idolatry and bodybuilding, that's, that's one of the reasons I got out also. It's just, you know, at, at a certain point, you know, um, bodybuilding can become a god. It, it, it came that for me. Uh, you know, we, we can slowly start worshiping images of mortal man, Romans one says, instead of worshiping immortal God. And, you know, that's, that's what, um, one of the reasons I got out, I still train three times a week when the gyms are open, the gyms are closed now, but, uh, you know, we can, we can slow faster than Drake up here can rhyme a beat. Bodybuilding can, can become a, uh, an idol. You know, you can get spun, yeah. you know, you can get spun into this cycle of perfectionism. And I, I tell, I, I was on Robbie Rye show 99.5, yeah. you know, I, I said this to her, you know, it, it can become an idol and, and you'll always imagine something's wrong with you. When, when you enter into this world of bodybuilding, you know, you're, you're never going to be perfect enough. And, and guys find that, you know, it's tough. It, it can become a God and it's a tough master. I always tell people that, you know, I always warn them. Yeah, no, that's, that's so good. So like I mentioned earlier, this is a sports and faith podcast. And one of the things that we love about this podcast is getting to hear people's stories, people's testimonies. And for you, you have a powerful testimony and, and which the bodybuilding world intertwines with your faith. So I'd love to know how has God transformed your life all the way from a young man to now? Yeah, there's no question. You know, you can, you can ask people who knew me before, you know, I'm still a work in progress, but when you give your life over to Christ, the Bible says that God is the author and perfecter of his faith. He who starts a good work mm. is able to, God just, God just works. He, you know, if we're really his, his children, uh, he took me out of a dark place. I could tell you that he's taken me uh, out of a lot of dark places. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me, you know, wow. and I was in a dark place with bodybuilding for not for a few years. Yeah. It was God's kindness led to repentance. I don't, remember a friend i'm going back now in time when i was 24 friend calls me up i'm sitting in my house empty broken relationships medical condition in the hospital um and 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 so on um and and lies i was lying three newspapers three newspapers interested in my story and one of the first questions they ask you is you know what are you using are you using anything and I, i lied to them lied to family friends Mm-hmm. just living a lie so much emptiness and so that that was that that was a starting point and a friend calls me up invites me back to church and you know god started to breathe life back into me and uh you know it was there's there's a number of things that got out to work uh, work on me in my 20s but you know so that was a starting point and now we now we fast forward to my 40s and now i'm in my 50s you know god is as I started to to learn to read the Word of God, I started to learn to pray and started to started to um, love being around God's people and started to involve myself in in ministry. You know, God 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 takes you from a dark place 
and he starts to breathe life in you. He starts to show you purpose because he has, he has a plan for his plans always better than we, we could ever imagine. Mm. You know, and it's led me to doing some TV radio stuff and writing uh, for, for Faith of Fitness magazine, doing some t- Christian TV ministry stuff and just amazing stuff I would, never would have imagined I, I'd be doing. So mm. that's that's so good. And I, again, I'm putting you on the spot again with some of these questions. And I kind of gave you a warning when I sent you these questions, but go for it. I, I'd love to know what, what has God taught you? you? You're how old are you now? How old are you now? Yeah, I'm 54 right now. You're 54. 54. Okay. So I real quick, I, I'd love you can give a word, you can give a sentence with this. What what did God teach you each decade from your twenties, thirties, forties to to now? What what would you say maybe some keywords or phrases that God taught you? Because obviously, fast forward to now, you're still passionate about bodybuilding, your faith from your twenties to fifties, but God really has molded and shaped you. What, what did you learn each decade that some that I'm sure was different each season, but has launched you to even where you're at right now? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. Now, thir- my 30s was learning to trust in God, learning to trust in him mm. and, and learning not to love things of the world. That, that was a big thing in my 30s. Um, 40s was about commitment. I got met. I. I was married. My first marriage failed. I was uh, in my early thirties when that happened. Mm. Number of reasons for that. My forties, I got remarried. So I learned through the years, not right, right away, but about commitment to my, to my wife and, and, and my son, I have a son and I was a single parent for a number of years. So, you know, God, God just taught me, Hey, there's, there's more, there's more than just you here. So, you know, I, I learned to, to be a father. I learned to be, a, I'm learning to be a better husband. Still got a ways to go with that. And now in the fifties, now I'm trying to reach out to people, reach people in the fitness world and trying to, I'm trying to give back in a sense. I'm trying, I mean, you can never, you can never outgive God. But one thing I've learned that Jesus said, the greatest among you is your servant. You know, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, we need to, you know, start at the bottom and start serving. I, I just love what you guys are doing this podcast mm-hmm. and the radio show. You're telling me about that off for FCA. I mean, that, yeah. that that's the life, you know, that this is the life actually is, it's, it's just speaking into into the culture, you know, with with, with honesty, where whatever we have to bring to the table, and um, you know, so I guess that's in a nutshell what how I could answer that. Wow, I, thanks for for the transparency with that. And again, that was a question that I I did not spark ahead of time, but you, you're yeah. you're a guy who strikes me with a lot of lessons learned and a lot of wisdom along the way. Um, and I, I appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me and some of our listeners. So uh, another question I want to ask you in, in terms of just taking care of our bodies, we often hear that our body is a temple. I mean, the Bible, the Bible talks about that, but from, I, I, I believe it's not only a spiritual level, but a, a physical level as well that, that I think often gets ignored. So we often talk about how, you know, our bodies are a temple. What are some spiritual reasons to exercise and eat correctly? Yeah, I think, I think there's, um, you know, in the church, you, you can go too far to the left and, and, and think maybe, you know, there's no reason to really exercise or watch what you eat. But, but, but we, we know, look, this thing we call a person is body, soul, and spirit. So, you know, God, God's given us a physical body. We should take care of it. 
you know, you can go too far to the left, too far to the right. You could, you know, we, you could be tempted to live out this, this typical North American lifestyle, North American diet, pizza, fries, burgers, mm. beer, drinks, all that kind of stuff. Be a spectator instead of a participant. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's good. I think, I think we should be active. You know, even with the lockdowns, you got to get creative, get out there, go for some walks or jogs or whatever it is. Yeah. makeshift makeshift home gym whatever it takes watch what you eat you know because because this is a, this is a temple of the holy spirit you know we're, we're made god's image you know we should respect that you can go too far you know you can go way too far and we talked about that earlier i mean when you make health and fitness your main focus you know you, you can it can become a god so i mean there, there, i think there's a sweet spot right in the middle mm. we should be wise stewards of everything god's given to us including physical body and, uh, you know, it just has a place. Paul says physical training has some value, but godliness has value in this life and life to come. So he's putting physical training, obviously, way down the list. But it's something, you know, and yeah. we need to we need to do we need to be active. So no question. Ro- Robbie talks about on her show, 99.5. Great show. Oh, <laughs> give it's, her, it's great. Give her a plug. I love her <laughs> podcast with, with Carrie Spring, The Real Raw Truth. And I, I, I'll never forget when Bjorn and I interviewed her. I, she's going to laugh if, if, when, she, when she hears this, but th- when we interviewed her, she's like, yeah, you know, I talked about, you know, faith fitness and, you know, and, and all this. And then she's like, yeah, some of my routine is I drink a salad and I'm like, wow. All right. I've never heard of drinking a salad before. So I, I really, I really enjoyed that. So Sean, a follow up question from there, put your training hat on for a second. What are your COVID tips and tricks to eat right and maybe maybe it's a meal maybe it's a snack what's what's something to eat right and on the flip side what are some covid workouts that you've noticed that have really helped you out yeah in both uh, in faith and fitness magazine bodybuild.com i've written an article called less is more and I, i talk about making those small choices to lead you to great uh, weight loss victories if i'm talking to somebody who's 20 30 40 pounds heavier and you just start to make those systematic small choices through the day. Instead of having fries when you go out, have a side salad. You know, just start to start to trim the the the, the fat off the meat, start to take the skin off the chickens, and you'll you'll start to you know really start to see some differences in, in your in your weight loss in terms of training. Now, it, home gym training is, you know is different than gym training. So, but when you have access you know, at all the different exercise. What, what, the first thing I tell people is, you know what? Pick a time of the day when you know you have energy to train. There's, there's no use going in there, you know, 50%. So I always, I always try to figure out, okay, what, what part of the day, if I can have three workouts a week, when am I going to feel the most energetic? What do I have to do? Do I need to take a little nap, take a little uh, pop, cup of coffee or whatever it is? Yeah. You know, because when you, you go in, you, you go in. Coffee black guy, or do you add a little cream? And yeah, you, coffee black. Yeah. <laughs> when you but when you go in, you're you're going in, right? You're you're yeah. going hard. You're going back. One of my remember I said earlier the five M's, maximum intensity. I'd rather I'd rather go in hard and heavy for six seven sets for biceps than go twelve to fifteen. You know, seventy percent. You know, you go in, go hard, go get in, get in, go get out quick time. What's that? Can you repeat your five M's one more time for a list? Okay, yeah. So I, I said earlier. Okay, so I'm going to try to remember them now. Uh, the first okay. one is maximum intensity. This is for this is for bodybuilding. 
you know, on, on the Hawk, Hamilton's uh, alternative rock station, I had a great show with Bill Peace, and we, we rhymed these off. First one was maximum intensity, okay? So you want to, when you if you're training three or four times a week, pick a time, you know you're going to go in hard. Second of all, moderate set counts. Don't train too many sets, guys. I see guys burning out, you know, 15, 20 sets, biceps. It's not going to work out. You know, you have to go in maybe to 8 to 12, 8 to 10 sets. Yeah. Um, muscle correct muscle group combinations. You never do your biceps with your legs. You always want to keep the blood flow and approximately the, you know, the same part of your, um, your body. I like, I like doing biceps, triceps together. Day one, day two, I like doing uh, back by itself, back and legs. And, uh, third day I do chest, chest and, um, uh, chest and shoulders actually. So, mm-hmm. That's kind of my split. I don't really do much that I don't, I don't go heavy on legs. I had a back injury 2014. Uh, another story. I'll talk about that later. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, those are the keys. Um, maximum intensity, moderate set counts, uh, high protein diet. Talk about that also. Mm. And mo- developing the mind muscle connection. When you train, you want to develop that mind muscle connection. You want to just lift the weight. you want to feel the way you want to, you know, kind of get, get a feel for, when you, you know, you want to tense and flex when you're, when you're uh, doing curls, stuff like that. So, um, you know, those are all little tips, you know, gain some uh, lean body mass natural way. I love it. And oftentimes when I start out the, the show, the podcast, I always tell our listeners, get your notes app on your phone or pen and paper and, and write some things down. And I love it. You're, you're giving practical steps that are helpful, especially, you know, I think maximum intensity is one that, you know, if you're going to go work out, give it all you got. And, but I love how you talked about even, you know, be refreshed and ready. Maybe it's a cup of coffee. Maybe it's a quick nap. That's something simple. And yeah. Sometimes I crash in my car. I drive to the gym. It's like, Oh, I don't feel like going there. I crash 20 minutes. I see other guys doing it too. Actually, sometimes just put their seat back 20 minutes, listen to some music. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, now I'm ready. I love it. Well, speaking of writing, can you tell me about the online magazine that you write for faith and fitness magazine? Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. Faith Fitness Magazine was developed by Brad Bloom. He's from Virginia. He's our publisher and editor. But 15, I think it was 15 or 16 years ago, Brad came up with an idea. And he looked around. He, he wanted to find out if there was any publications he could feel good about um, leaving on his coffee table. He's a, he's a family guy. And quite frankly, he couldn't find one. I mean, you know, to be honest, there's, there's a, I think there's a decency problem with a lot of fitness publications. I think, I don't think I have to explain what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So Brad came up with something that, that, that fits, um, fits his model. He wants, he wanted to come up with a publication with training and, and diets and, and a lot of testimonies and stories. I was featured on one of the uh, cover issues of 2017, October, no, November edition. Wow. Um, since then I've become one of the writers, volunteer writers. I've started a uh, an interview show with them. My my first guest was actually uh, former NPC national bodybuilding champion Franco Santoriello. He's been on the 700 Club. He's got a great story. He was a top bodybuilder in the late, late 80s, like I was in, in the United States. Wow. He served some time in prison, and now he's doing prison ministry. So wow. I've tried to uh, pick up some stories like that. I did a story on Robbie Raw back in 2019. And, and so on. So, I mean, it's a great, it's a great, uh, fitness publication. You can check it out. Faith You can Google my name, all the, the seven or eight articles I've written, 
come up on the web. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's just great to be part of that ministry. Mm, that's that's incredible. So you're also part of a Christian TV show, and you co-host that as well. What is that, and uh, how can people find that? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Also, um, at the Cross Live is a is a Christian TV show. We were on uh, Yes TV, which was Canada wide for nine nine years. Now we just went off the air about four months ago, but we went off TV, but we're still live streaming. We have a, a Roku. TV channel. So we're, we're trying to get our viewership back up at the cross live is on Facebook and we live stream every Saturday night, 11 PM to uh, Sunday morning, 1, 1 AM. So it's a two hour show. It's a call in show. And what we try to do is minister the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, the lost and hurting people. There's a lot of people who are going through um, depression, anxiety, worry, fear, those kind of things, divorce, death in the family. We try to minister to people and people text in, you know, some of their questions. We answer that way. On occasion, we have uh, we have a caller who will come right on and you can hear the, hear the, the, the call on the show. Cool. And, uh, you know, I, I don't I'm not a regular host, but I usually come on the show maybe two or three times a year. Cool. And some of that stuff, uh, some of those those shows I've saved on my YouTube channel. You can check it out. Sean Maves on the YouTube and uh some of the other radio shows also we try to uh, get a nice broad, uh, broad, uh, spectrum of subjects. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what I do. That's what, that's what God guys led me to do is to speak to people in the fitness world. Mm. You know, that's what it's all about. Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you, do you have a, one of your, do you have a favorite memory from doing that? Is, is there any that stick out? You're like, I will never forget this when we are on, on the show. The first, yeah, the first show was big for me. It was huge. It was first ever TV show. I mean, this was, I know it was a late night show. It's back then. We actually started at 1 a.m. So oh, it was nice. really late. But we still had, I don't know, I think we're still getting 20,000 viewers across the so, Yeah, it's a late night show. But uh, my first uh, introduction on the show, I had five minutes. They gave me five minutes to tell my story. So five minute testimony. I put that on YouTube, and that still has the most views of all my. Uh, videos on youtube and so that was a special moment being able to tell people my story because i didn't know i thought it was going to be a one and done i thought this is it this is i got a chance to tell my testimony after the testimony i was actually <clears throat> co-hosting rather taking calls also so i was very that was very new to me mm. being part of that and then i continued to volunteer and now over the years i'm more of a regular um, co-host and I do some uh, back, uh, behind the scenes stuff. Also, I answer calls and, uh, you know, it's just great. When, when you start serving God, you, you start your whole new world opens up. You realize, you know, there's, there's more to this life than just trophies and, and, and money and stuff like that. You know, so it's just, just so wonderful to be part of that. Corville Peters is the host and producer and uh, him and his wife have been running this ministry for years. Um, so, you know, just have, all I can say is good things, but it, that's incredible. Well, how can people, you, you, you've alluded to it um, a little bit, but how can people find the magazine, the show, you on social media? Where can people go find you? It's just easy to just Google my name. I, apparently, there's only one of me out there. Sean nice. Maves. That... <laughs> you're, you're trademarked. Sean, S-H-A-W-N, M-A-V-E-S. Yeah. So when you Google, you'll see the YouTube come up. You'll see faith of fitness magazine.net come up and uh, some of these other radio programs. I'm a semi-regular now on news radio 
KARN 1029. Uh, they're number one. They're the number one source of talk down in Arkansas. So I'm glad to be part of that. Their their station. Um, I've been on their their show. I've been down there on. Um, well, we do the shows actually over the phone, but I've been on. Uh, I've done six half hour shows with with Scott Romine, and we we have another show now scheduled for May. So we, we try to talk about uh, bodybuilding topics and health, fitness, stuff like that. So all on YouTube, though, I try to save as much as I can on YouTube. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Sean, I, it's been a pleasure just talking with you, hearing your story, hearing the tips and tricks of just what you're going on, what you're doing now. So I, I'm loving, I, I've loved this conversation. So as we finish. It's been off, awesome. I love what you guys are doing. A great podcast. And uh, what you're doing for FCA, awesome. You know, I, I want, I want to spur you on. Paul says we, we're, we're called to spur each other on. So that's what no, I, I love that. Well, oftentimes when we finish out, we often ask this question. So I'm going to pose this to you. Do you have any final thoughts and just words of encouragement for our listeners today? Yeah. You know what well, I, I would say to anybody listening say, fix your eyes in Christ, fix your eyes in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He's the author and perfecter of faith. You know, we're, we're called to run a race, you know, the, some of these, the, the, the races that we run in this life, the competitions we go, they're at best a kind of a copy or a metaphor of the real race that Paul talks about in the Bible. He talks about running the race to receive the prize of last forever. And that's what, that's what it's all about. So, I mean, I encourage people to be active, get into sports, stuff like that. But don't forget, that's not the, that's not the main race. We're, we're called to run a race for Christ Amen. and finish strong. Hmm. Those are great last words. I mean, I I hope you guys were taking notes wherever you're at today. And Sean, thanks for joining us on the SWAT Room Sports of Faith podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Has been great. I encourage everyone to check me out on Facebook and uh, add me up, and we'll we can go further and have some more conversations online. Yeah, and I look forward to once you can hop the border, we'll get some coffee. I'm waiting. We're all waiting for that board to open up. All waiting for the call. So I love it. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for joining me today. Okay. Thanks a lot, Noah. Take care. Well, Sean, thanks for joining me today. Excuse my raspy voice for our reflection today, but Bjorn, what did you think of today's episode with Sean? Yeah, it was fun to it was fun to listen to your guys' interview, and, and Sean's a seems like a great guy. Um, really cool story, a lot of wisdom there, and experience just in life. And I think one of my favorite things that he was talking about er, earlier on in the episode was he said, "If you don't fill your life with God, you'll try to fill it with something else," mm. and I think very oftentimes a lot of people have things in their life that they want to get rid of, bad habits, whatever it is. And when we're trying to get those things out of our lives, oftentimes we're not trying to fill it back with anything. And so I guess my encouragement to you guys, and this is a little bit of what Sean was talking about, is when we take bad things out of our life, we need to replace it with something. Or those bad things are just going to creep right back in. Right. And so just just think on that um, to our listeners and, and to myself, reflect on this as well, is what are we filling our lives with? What are we filling our free time with? What are we filling the our, our time with that we you know, have gotten rid of something bad and, and what is good that we can replace it with and fill our lives with. So that was one of my favorite things he was talking about. Um, what about you? What were some of your reflection points? Yeah, I loved just talking with Sean and hearing his story. I loved just the redemption aspect of it, of being in that 
of the bodybuilding world and seeing how so many of these bodybuilders, they want more, bigger muscles, bigger this, bigger that, and it's just not fulfilling. But kind of like you were saying earlier, there's so much of the world where, you know, we pour ourselves out to the world, it's just going to leave us empty. And I love how he, he... he mentioned he looks the bodybuilder world they look at themselves it's it's like an idol it's mm-hmm. idolatry and it's sad but that's how a lot of these guys view themselves they view themselves as little g god mm-hmm. and it just leaves them empty but i think what i walked away with today is that there is hope i mean i think there's it's good to have maximum intensity training things like that it's good to work out um, the verse that talks about how some training is... What, what's the verse that I'm thinking First of? 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. Yes. Physical training is of some value, but training for godliness has value in this life and the life to come. Thank you, Bjorn. I knew you knew that one, so <laughs> thanks for helping me out. But yeah, I think some training is good, and it's good to take care of your body. Your body is a temple, but if you view your body as an idol, that's an issue. Mm. So Yeah, yeah. absolutely, and I, I think... You know, it's it's fun to see a little snippet into the bodybuilding world. Yeah. Um, but man, that's just one example of so many other things that can be gods and idols in people's lives. Right. And most of our listeners listening are probably not bodybuilders. I can speak for myself. I'm not a bodybuilder. And so I can't resonate specifically with his experience. Right. But I know for me, there have been other things that have been idols and gods in my life. Little G gods. And I know for you, it's probably been the same. Mm. And so I think that's good th- a good thing to, to think about and to reflect on is what things in your life do you idolize more than you should? Mm. What things in your life have you put above God? When we talk about our priorities, every Christian I know would put God at number one priority when you ask them. But for you... When you look at your life, is that what is reflected in your day-to-day life? Is that what's reflected? Um, Is that what other people around you would say about you? Hmm. And there's been times in my life where I would say God is the most important thing, but nobody close to me around me would have said that that was the case. Wow. Um, And so it's just kind of a heart check of like, well, like, are you living this or are you just kind of saying it? Hmm. And that's, that's convicting. It is. And that's a good way to finish. So thanks thanks for joining us today, Sean. And next week, everybody, we have another powerful story. One of my favorite interviews that we've ever done, and it's with Keith Morse. Keith started a sports ministry in prison, and he became really good friends with Buffalo Bills chaplain Len Vandenboss, who will be joining us at the end of that episode. Here's an excerpt. You know, God just put it on my heart to say, you know, how about we start a, a, you know, a ministry that's therapeutic where men could have the opportunity to sit amongst one another and discuss their strength and weaknesses as um, as fathers and then give it biblical application. So uh, thus the Malachi Dad ministry, you know, developed. It started with 40 guys. And uh, t- to date, I think, It's in maybe 250-plus prisons across the world. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you'd like to stay connected with us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports, on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod, and our new blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. Until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church.